Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, November the 5th. And today our commentary is about the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, with our good friend uh, Dave Michaels. How are you, Dave? Welcome again. It's always great to see you. It's always good to be. Uh, it's always been. It's great to be uh, a part of this. And it's always good to see you. Um, I miss the days we used to work together on an everyday basis. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was. You know, we that we, we had coffee together. Remember that? I used to. We had coffee together. We, <laughs> uh, which was kind of nice. About the day's events and. Uh, yes, a, that was a, a lot of show. fun. I yeah. remember that. I remember that quite well. We had a lot of fun together, and I, I miss that. So maybe yeah. we can replace a little bit of that with this. Uh, Maybe. Not completely, but uh, but a little bit. But I got to begin. I mean, you and I just watched uh, the Cowboys lose a pretty dramatic game, I would think, yeah. especially a game with the Eagles. I, I don't know if you agree with me, but it seemed like the Eagles wanted to give the game away for the last two or three minutes, and it just didn't happen. Uh, so it I don't know about that, giving it away, but yeah. man, the mistakes. I, right. I, I don't want to be a fly on that locker room. I'll tell you that. That's... I'm, I'm going to learn new words in the English language and maybe another right. language. But no, the the Eagles, three penalties. Okay, pass interference, Yes, which moved the ball. Uh, the Cowboys get the ball with literally 48 seconds left on the clock. They throw a, a long pass left sideline, and they're called uh, Eagles are called for pass interference. Move the ball up to the 50. So you're at the 50-yard line. Next play. You throw the ball, and it's incomplete, but your quarterback's been hit. So now it's personal foul roughing the passer. Right. Move the ball into the red zone. Now you got uh, entroachment. Move the ball five more five more yards up. So now you're first and five from the Eagles six, and you got over 30 seconds left on the, on the clock. Then Cowboys get called for – um, delay of game at the very end. No, they end got there. called for uh, illegal procedure. Okay, that's true. Move the that's ball true. back five yards, so now you're back to first and ten at the eleven. Then you get a quarterback sack. Right. Then you get a delay of game, and then you throw, uh, and then and then you get um, with literally five seconds left on the clock. We had. Eight seconds left on the clock. You throw a an incomplete pass. Come back, reset. Throw another pass. It's caught at the six yard line, and he's tackled, and ends the game. So, no, that was a you know that was an exciting finish. Yes, it was. That those last five or six minutes were very exciting. I thought the game was over when they couldn't, you know, when when the when they couldn't get that extra point i thought the game was over at that point but you know they had a chance to come back and they almost pulled it off but the bottom line though is that they're five three and the eagles are eight one so that's what two and a half games that's in you know two and a half games in baseball is nothing but two and a half games in the nfl is probably the elimination of the cowboys winning the east that's pretty close but it does not eliminate them from being a wild card no, of course not. Of course, they so, can always be the wild card. If you but... can still get into the postseason, I mean, winning the East would be great. Mm-hmm. Just get in the postseason. Just you know, right? Take your stake. And a good example of that, if if Jerry Jones would like to rip a page, here's a segue for you, Silvio. If if Jerry Jones would like to rip a page from the Rangers, you go into the wild card and you win the whole thing. So right, yeah, win all the road games. That's, that's it. Right. That's right. it. That's the thing. Exactly. But, 
but I mean, obviously, they're you know we wish the Cowboys the best, but that this yeah. was a heartbreaker today because yeah. this is the game they could have won, and instead of being five three, they'd be six two, uh, and the others would be eight uh, seven two. Now it's a whole different uh, standing. And but, remember, the Cowboys got to play the Eagles again later in this, later in the year, and they got the at, Giants next week, right? At AT Giants come to AT and T next Sunday for a late game, a three forty five start. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then Thanksgiving, you got the Commanders, right? So yeah, you've got three divisional games here in yeah. the month. Of, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I'm sure that you know, like you, I enjoy listening to the the sports talk radio on the day after, uh, and I'm sure they'll beat up Dak again. I mean, he'll get completely uh, destroyed on Actually, on the talk radio, but he didn't have a bad game, really. No, as far as game is concerned, I thought he had a fairly stellar game. Drop passes are one thing, quarterback sacks are another. But as far as his accuracy was concerned, and he and he showed that he still got legs because he made a couple of um, runs to stretch, you know, the the possession, stretch the chains, and uh, and give the Cowboys more opportunity. So I like what I see with Dak in the, in the legs. So yes, well, he almost scored a touchdown. They yes. stopped him, but he almost ran one in. Yeah. But again, you know, it's it's what Danny White learned in Dallas. I'm sure you remember Danny White that you can be really, really, really good, but unless you win the Super Bowl, they don't like you around here. Nope. And that's just the way it is. That's just we the saw way that with with Tony Romo. Tony Romo. That, that's right. That maybe even a better example because Romo was here. Even longer than Danny White. Uh, yeah. as a well, starter. Danny was Danny was here quite a while, but a lot of people don't remember Danny White was not just a quarterback; he was a punter. That's right. Wasn't he from he New Mexico State? starting in '77. Right. He was a punter. That's I remember that. But wasn't he from New Mexico State or New Mexico? Yeah. Danny White was it New Mexico or Arizona? Okay, one of those. Yeah, one yeah. of those schools. Yeah. But I remember you're right. I remember him as a punter when yeah. he was uh, the Cowboys punter, which is. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. Well, let's talk about the 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 Rangers. Uh, you know, obviously winning the World Series. Yeah, I see your I see your hat, and I'm happy to see that. I don't have a hat yet, so I'm gonna have to get one for oh, the next time. Oh, I have loaded chat. up. I have. Oh my goodness, you're up. loaded up. Let me. You're loaded up. I, I got. I know your. I know your 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 fans will probably appreciate this, and maybe sure. you will too. I've been covering the Rangers. Covering the Rangers. Forget the fact they've been here 51 years, and I've been watching them for all 51 years. I, back in old Arlington Stadium in 72. But I've literally been covering the, the Rangers since around 1980-81. First with a camera. I was a photographer. Sitting in you know the first base photographer as well and dealing with guys like Doug Rader and Bobby Valentine and, and guys like that. And then they moved to the new stadium, and, I, and, and in between all that, I got into broadcasting, found out that a a microphone was a lot lighter than a 300 millimeter lens, you know, lugging that around. But, you know, I have three hats. I have the 2010 American League Championship. I've got the 2011 Championship. I even have the 2023 American League Championship hat. Those are any, they're stored away. This one, this one stays. No, that's it. You you got to keep that one for a long time. I got to get me a hat. I know that they're selling them in different places, but I got to this coming them. week. I'm going to go out and get me a, a t-shirt or or a hat just to. But my own, you know, my personal story with the Rangers. I moved to Texas in 1984, 
Okay. Uh, so when I moved here, that was the year before Valentine was hired. Doug Rader and was the, was that's the manager. That's right. Rader was the manager, and yeah. I got horrible And my experience with the Rangers before 84 was living uh, outside of, of of Texas. And I remember uh, David Clyde in 1973 when he pitched. That was a national story. Right. Uh, I remember the time that the guy hit the coach. Lenny uh, Randall. That's hit, right. Uh, Frank Casey. That's right. Frank and, of course, uh, Charlie Huff, who was oh, yeah. their superstar for all these years. And so those were the memories. I came here, and I remember in '86 they had that those that young team that challenged all the way to the end. Yeah, and guys they, like Bobby they, Witt, Ruben Bobby Sierra, Witt, Ruben Sierra, Odubi McDowell, Odubi. That they had that team, and then they they went down again. Uh, then they they brought up a bunch of young guys like Dean. Then you Palmer. got Johnny Oates in. That's right, Dean Palmer. Remember Dean Palmer? Who Dean Palmer at third? The, the, yeah. And and so they Juan had Gonzalez a, had left. That's and right. Kidney, Bud Rodriguez behind the plate. That's right. And and Will Kenny Clark Rogers, first, Kenny Rogers, bullpen. Kevin Brown. Yeah. So they actually had a bunch of play, but they never could quite click. And they finally did in '96. Uh, I thought the losses to the Yankees in '96, '98, '99 were really tough because they played very well. Actually, yep. they may have been. They maybe you agree with me with this. But I've told this to several people that the toughest opponent that the Yankees faced in their 96, 98, and 99 postseason were actually the Rangers. Because if you look at the other teams that they played, they ran away with them. I mean, right. they swept they swept uh, San Diego. Bruce Bocci was the manager then. They swept yep. Atlanta. Uh, they had a tough, tough fight with Cleveland. But for the most part, their toughest postseason was those three division series against uh, the Rangers, then, of course, they went into a drought, then came the other generation, and, of course, game six. What can I tell you about that in 2011? That was dreadful. But, you know, I was telling a friend over the weekend that I thought the 2015-2016 teams were good enough to win, but they couldn't win the first round. You know, that was painful, no, that too. Was, yeah, that that had nothing. You know, a lot of people say, well, it had a lot to do with Jeff Bannister, but it didn't. Benny was the right guy at the right time. Rangers lost those games to um, to Toronto, Toronto, right? Due to sloppy play in the outfield, uh, Elvis had what two errors, three errors right. in that yeah, one that, inning. That inning, and then I mean, Batista goes bomb. Right. Yes, um, and then you know, so there are so many elements in a game. Well, you saw it on Wednesday night in the in the championship game. One of the best outfielders for the for the Diamondbacks. Let's the ball go right right underneath his glove. Goes back to the wall. Rangers score two more runs. They already had one in. Two more come in. Now it's three to nothing, and we're in the seventh inning. Right. No, and I know then, that he's a good you know, player, Alex Thomas. Yeah. Well, I think went to went to TCU. Um, if I remember reading correctly, TCU graduate or TCU mm-hmm. yeah, baseball player, I TCU, believe. Yeah. I believe yeah. he was from TCU. Which, by the way, raises another interesting point about. Uh, postseason baseball this year. There were quite a few Texas guys. I mean, with the Rangers, of course, Josh oh, Young, yeah. uh, uh, Bradford from Baylor. Right. Uh, we drove by by Waco this weekend on our way back from a wedding, and there were quite a few signs of Corey Bradford around, you know, honoring him. Right. So this is to me such well, an exciting. Chris team. Young is a, yeah. is a native. That's right. He is. Chris Young is from Dallas Highland Park, I believe, right? 
Yep. So, so this is a team. Well, what can I say about Nate Ivaldi? He's a native Texan yep. um, from the same from town Al as Alvin, isn't he? Yeah, from Nolan Ryan's hometown. Yeah, so, Nolan Ryan's country. So one thing I, I I found about this team, Dave, that I really liked is this is a real fan friendly team. I mean, you know, as as a fan, sometimes you like teams, sometimes you don't. This is a team that that fans could really love because everybody on the team, and I guess maybe that's the manager's influence, but everybody on the team sort of, you know, was friendly. That's all I can say. And I like that. When, and you and I talked about this the last time, that on opening day against the Philadelphia Phillies, when, when I arrived at the ballpark and I had an opportunity to go down on the field to get a chance, and this is opening day now, get a chance to see the new faces and talk to the, uh, to Bruce Bochy and, you know, introduce myself to him and, you know, basically say, look, you know, I, I know you beat us in 2010, but you know, can you bring the magic to Texas? That was opening day. Can you bring the magic to Texas? And he looked me right in the eye and he says, that's our plan. Right. So from opening day in April of 2023 to November 1, 2023, the magic occurred. That's and right. you were asking me earlier, Sylvia, about you know some of the, the memories, and you mentioned yours and, and and memories that you had prior to coming to Texas and after being in Texas. One of the my my first ball game was in 1972. First time I got to go to a Ooh. professional ball game. My dad took me. It was Kids Day at Old Arlington Stadium, mm -hmm. meaning an adult paid three dollars to sit in the bleachers, and every kid got in for a buck. Right. So it was me and four of the buddies because you could take five kids. <laughs> and it, Ted Williams was the manager. We talked about that early. Ted Williams was the manager of the Texas Rangers playing left field that day for Boston was a left-handed hitter wearing number eight on his back, a kid from Long Island, New York, where my dad grew up at. His name was Carl Yastrzemski. Right. Who I, yeah. you know, outside of Mickey Mantle, I loved watching Carl, Carl Yashinsky playing Absolutely. baseball. Absolutely. And um, so that was my first experience seeing a major league baseball game in person. And, and my dad instilled in me the love of the game pretty much probably like yours did the love of the game, the honor of the game, the loyalty of the game and everything about it. Um, right. So from that day forward, I have been not just, I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I'm a, I'm a fan fanatic. Right. Um, my bedtime stories, thank God for my dad. My bedtime stories were the New York Yankees. And because my dad grew up in, in New York. So, I mean, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. Uh, uh, DiMaggio, I would think, right? Yeah, Leo, Dorsa, you know, right? Leo the Lip. Yeah. Uh, then you got guys that you talk about later on in the, in the, in the fifties and the sixties. So you had Mantle and you had uh Whitey Ford, you had uh, uh Moose Garon, you had all these guys. These were my bedtime stories, right. listening stories about these, these Yankees. So obviously when I became conscious of baseball, we didn't have a major league baseball team yet in Texas. Other than the, other than the Astros, other than the Astros, but, but we didn't have any, we didn't have a major league baseball team in, in Dallas. So I, naturally became a Red Sox fan just so my dad and I could argue about something. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I remember about that year that the Rangers came here in 72 mm -hmm. is that Frank Howard hit the first home run. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, Frank State. Howard died a couple of on days November ago. 1. 
That's right. He just died a few couple of days ago. He died. And, he died on the day of the fifth game of the World Series. Wow. And I remember getting uh, the the note from my brother. No, send me a a note that Frank Howard had died, and I replied to him. He hit the first home run. And I also way, another thing. Dead center field. Dead center field. Arlington Stadium, four hundred feet dead center from home plate. Wow. I also wrote back to my brother a note saying, you know, I remember Frank Howard hitting some of the, some of the biggest, I mean, some of the most, the, the fastest home runs, I should say. They left the park like a missile, oh, yeah. as I remember. Yeah, they were not majestic rainbows. No. These things were heat-seeking. No, they, were, they would kill you. if you. I mean, I don't know yes. how many fans tried to catch one of his home runs because they would kill you if you didn't know what you were doing, you know. Exactly. And, and Frank Howard. And then, of course, uh, they also had a pitcher – uh, back uh, back then, who was later their their pitching coach, uh, and I'm trying to remember. He pitched for the Rangers. He came from the Washington team, and he pitched here with the Rangers. He was their pitching coach later. Paul Lindblad. I either that or uh, he was Bill Bogolesky. No, no, it'll come to me. But he was their pitching I'm coach. I'm throwing names out there from my history books. Sorry. Yes, but. Uh, <laughs> But, they, you know, of course, they, they, they didn't have great teams. But one memory I do have of the Rangers, I was watching a ball a ball game in Baltimore. This would have been 73-74. And Jim Palmer is throwing a perfect game in the seventh inning against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And Rico Cardi, remember him? Oh, my goodness, yes. Rico Cardi breaks it up, hits the line drive up the middle and breaks up the, the perfect, not just the no-hitter, but the perfect game against Jim Palmer. So that was another uh, little bit of Ranger. And, of course, who can forget Billy Martin managing uh, the Rangers? One Ranger that I always loved, and I guess he was around so long, Tom Grieve. Maybe you got yes. to know him in your job. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, just an absolutely great guy. And to to know that Tag, as he's affectionately known by a lot of people, will get a ring. He will get a ring. That's great. No, I'm and, happy. I didn't know if, yeah. if he would, but I'm yeah, glad. I'm glad that he'll he get is. a ring. That is, um, that is great. Yeah, and 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 deservedly so. Uh, John Blake, who is the uh, vice president of communications, been around them since the mid '80s. Uh, I've known John forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, he's got a ring because he left the Rangers for a very brief time. He went to Boston and was working with the Red Sox. Got a ring with the Red Sox. I believe it was in 2004. So, but I think this this ring is going to mean much, much more to him than the history of that Boston, you know, obscurity um, for so many years. Uh, so that's going to be kind of fun. I mean, some of the guys, you know, we thought back. At least I I, ref, I reflected the night of the game. In fact, if you ask my wife, bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, and 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 watching Spores on the mound before the last strike of the game, I have tears literally streaming from my eyes, which by the way, I will now tell you that yes, there is crying in baseball, but <laughs> well, you weren't was, the only one. I guarantee I, you were not the only fan. I probably wasn't because but guys, it touched a lot of people, you know, but guys I've worked with and guys who I have known who are no longer with us, who have passed away. One in particular was the, the, uh, the engineer of the broadcast for not just the Ranger organization, but also the Dallas Cowboy radio 
network. His name was uh, Ted Nickel Payne. And, you know, Ted passed away a year ago in July, um, sitting in his car uh, prior yes, to a I Sunday game. That. I remember that. I remember and, that. Uh, and Ted and I have been friends for the better part of 15, 20 years. And so his, his image flashed through my head along with a guy named Mike Young, who used to work with us around KBCE days. Um, but I've known Mike for forever. He worked for uh, 105.3 The Fan as well. Um, and, and so many other guys, David Crone, who used to work at uh, WB33 as a sports director. So all these memories came rushing back into my head, along with my dad, right. who, you know, I wish he would have been here to have witnessed it as well. So yeah. those are the things as a, you know, somebody who I know there are people going to say, gee, Dave, you're, you're awfully sentimental. Yeah, I kind of am. When you're talking about baseball, you have a right to be sentimental. Because right. I'm the same way. I got a call the night that they clinched, uh, the one in the mm -hmm. World Series. I got a call by one of the Spanish stations, and they asked my reaction, you know. And I said that my head was a combination of total happiness for all the years that we had been waiting for this, but also uh, very nostalgic that I was actually – I was thinking about my parents, my mom and dad, who passed away. And not that they were great Rangers fans. They were actually more Orioles fans because that's where we used to live before. But they became Rangers fans because they were here for such a long time. And so I mentioned uh, I was thinking about all the Sunday afternoons that our family would get together for lunch. You know how Cubans are. They get together for lunch with their families on on Sunday. So every Sunday we would go over there and we'd either be watching the Cowboys or the Rangers. And we'd be sitting with my dad in the living room watching the game, Cowboys or Rangers, depending who's what season. And my mother would cook and we sit down and watch the game. The number of stories that we used to talk to my father about. So I thought about the two of them. And because I know that loss in 2011 really hit them hard. Oh, yeah. You know, they were like many other fans. So for me, it was a combination of nostalgia, sentimentality, just like it was with you. And and it's funny because then all these people begin to come out of your head. The other day I was listening to the radio and they're interviewing Randy Galloway. I had not heard his name for 10 years. And yep. he was talking about, uh, and one guy that I really felt good for was Nellie Cruz. Because Nellie Cruz was, was a great player, put up some great numbers. He was the reason we went to the 2011 World Series. And, and for him, now we can put that behind. And hopefully the Rangers next year will bring him in one day and have him throw out the first pitch. I think that would be a fitting end to that terrible. I, would, I don't know. Maybe they will. I would like to see Nelly Cruz go into the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame. May happen. He put up the numbers. Again, I go he back did. to when Nelly Cruz came here. If you remember, he came here from Milwaukee. They had that trade. Buck Showalter yep. was the manager. Yep. And he came here. And he put up some great numbers with the Rangers. And I, I have no hesitation in saying that he was the reason we were in the World Series in 2011, or one of the reasons we were in the World Series. So it, it brought back a lot of things for me, uh, a lot of memories. And, and, you know, I cannot get enough of this. I, I, you know, on Twitter, they have all these videos they keep showing. And on the Internet, they keep showing all these videos of, of just all, I cannot get enough of it. Yep. I, I mean, I'm like hooked on it. I mean, anything I see, I watch it. Even during the Cowboys game today, I don't know if you noticed this. They ran this ad 
thanking the the Rangers. I think it was Channel Four who ran it, or Fox Sports. I don't know who ran it, yeah. but it was fantastic. You know, yeah. remembering the season. So I cannot get enough of it. Eventually, of course, we have to to move on. And not yet, to, not, not yet. yet. No, we got a little not time. Yet. Not yet. We got I'm, time to digest this. I'm relishing it. I am too. And, and did you by chance get a chance to go to the parade? You know, I was going to ask you. That was one of my questions I wanted to ask you. No, I couldn't make it. We were actually in Austin because of a wedding right. that day. So I watched it on my little iPhone. I could actually pick up one of the broadcasts. How many mm -hmm. people were there? I hear all kinds of... 500 estimates. to 700 is what I'm hearing officially, but I could tell you that it was closer to six to seven, not five. How can you fit that many... You know, uh, I, I, where do they fit that many people in that strip? I mean, the, the, what, two or three streets? Uh, or They went around... Actually, they went around the block. Literally went around the block. They went down Cowboy Way, which is the street that's on the far... Um, south side of the of the stadium okay uh and that's the street that runs between the ballpark and at&t is cowboys way so they blocked off part of that the side that the stadium's on the, the at&t's on so you had cowboys way then you had ballpark way then you had nolan ryan and coming back down uh at&t wow so it's a square that they went around, and um, and a lot of people say, well, you know, this is a typical Texas type of parade. You got a bunch of guys riding in the back of pickup trucks. But <laughs> that's what made what it else? fun. That's yeah. what made it fun. Exactly. Uh, but I, 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 I thought it was so. I thought, I thought it was great. I thought the whole yeah. thing was so well done, so perfectly well done that it was almost like the the right to say thanks. For the season, it just it was the right way. And then when Bruce Bocce gets up uh, and says that his little granddaughter had told him, "Let's do this again," I thought that was fabulous. And then when Seeger does the the you know the stab in the heart know, to, yeah, the, to the Astros, was, was fantastic. Yeah, but I, I got to tell you one thing before I forget. I mentioned my parents. I got to mention my brother too because uh, he lives in Houston now. He's not a Houston Astros fan. That's just more of a business thing that he lives there. But when my sons were little, he was single when they were little. Uh, and he was the one who used to buy him all the cowboy, all the Cowboys or Rangers jerseys. So every Sunday, whenever we would get together as a family, he would have a new jersey for them, whether it was Nolan Ryan, whether it was Pete O'Brien, whether it was Palmero, whether it was Juan Gonzalez, Ivan Rodriguez, you know, those names, Dean Palmer. My, my sons were huge fans of Dean Palmer. Uh, and uh, so... I kept, remember Kevin Oster, the shortstop, yeah. Uh, Esther, yeah, Elster, Elster. yeah, he, they were huge fans of him, yeah. of him too. Uh, and Mackler was one of ours. That's right, Mclemore, the second Macklemore. baseman. Yeah. David Murphy was one of my favorites. Yeah. So all these guys, I mean, I felt really happy for them. Ken fact, Hill, that's right. I was so happy that David Murphy and Mclemore were doing the the post game show yeah. on the night they clinched the pennant. What a neat thing to do. I mean, what great timing that was. Uh, so it was a great time, a great ride. We'll not get enough of it, I suppose. But eventually spring training comes, as you know, in your job. And eventually we're going to get to spring training. Now, we did get some news today that the Rangers have re-signed uh, Andrew Heaney and Jose LeClerc. So that's a good step, I think, 
And because I, you know, there are always concerns about what they were going to do with those two. But so they're signed up. They're signed. So now we have. So let me put it this way. Give me what you think the 2024 team is going to look like. Any new faces that you see coming? I'm not talking about free agents because. No, but the only you're, you're looking agents, at. You, you and I talked about this before in you know guys like um, uh, Nate, uh, Nathaniel Lowe, who is going to need a little bit of a break from first base. You want to see maybe someone step in, give him some relief against other type of pitchers that he's not so good with. Um, that would give Bochi kind of an, an option that, you know, if you can get into that other team's bullpen and then your your matchup is a little different, then you bring him back in in the late innings and be a pinch a pinch hitter. Then he can go defensively. You've got that. You've got um, uh, Duran coming back. Uh, look for him to maybe uh, – I know he's got an invite back to spring training, so we'll see if, you know, if he can make the, the, the roster. Um, Leody Tavares, listen, you say what you want about that outfield. Everybody's saying the outfield wasn't that great. Evan Carter proved that he still doesn't know he's a rookie. He doesn't. I've never seen such a cool head in my life. I, that is, to me, that may be the biggest story of all. He comes uh, in as a call-up in September. I know. From Frisco. And walks away with a ring. I, I, that is so, I mean, that can only happen. And somebody was saying the other day that, that Bruce Bocci would love to manage Evan Carter for a long time. I would, oh, too. Yeah. Um but a couple of guys that that I was thinking, I mean, you're looking at the 24-24 team, and I'm, I'm just looking at the, at the roster, and I mean, at the at the everyday players, not the pitchers. But, for example, if you could give uh, Nathaniel Lowe 20 to 25 games off, maybe not that many, 20 games off against tough left-handers, if you could have Marcus, instead of playing 162, play 150, uh, you, you know, Seager obviously is, is – you know, he's going to play a lot of games, but maybe he can play 150. Even the third baseman, Young, could use a little time off. Um, the catcher situation, I guess they'll go with Heim. But- Jonah Heim has is, is solidified himself behind the plate. But yes. one of the things is, and we talked about Sam Huff, Huff is a catcher. That's his natural position. So, but uh, the, the one knock, if you want to call it that, on, on Sam, he is, he'll tear up the minor leagues. He'll tear up minor league pitching all day long. He's got the numbers to prove it, and that's one of the reasons why the Rangers like him so much. He does well receiving every time he's behind the plate. Gets to the When he gets to the show, not so much. We've seen it time and time again. I don't know if it's the pitching or if it's something else. Well, it could also be he's not getting enough playing time. I mean, That's true, too. And I mean, he's not he hasn't, I mean, you haven't really seen Sam Huff. I like to see Sam Huff be more of a first baseman, frankly. But if you could have Sam Huff in a DH first baseman and maybe catching situation, if ever, uh, that could be that could be helpful. But I I would if I was the Rangers, I'd take a chance on Sam Huff being able to hit a few home runs up here. Uh, yep. I just think he's it's it's now he's also by the way if if you're looking at maybe bolstering the bullpen. Uh, you've got Sam Huff, you've got Duran. Those are extremely tradable pieces uh, to another team. And then there's, and you may know more about this, but they have a young infielder. Foscue, is it, down in in AAA, who's getting a lot of publicity? Foscue, I think it is? Or- yeah, Bosque is, is, right. is he's getting some press. He's getting some, uh, you know, MLB um, scouts right. have uh, talked about him. Though, 
they talk about him more as just you were mentioning, maybe trade bait. Okay. Maybe well, putting even him that in, is worth in, it. In, say what you want. Chris Young pulled off some great trades this year. He did. And you got Scherzer. Who would have thought that? That's right. But then again, Scherzer came from a team that was having a garage sale, more like a fire sale, because they, they got rid of Verlander and Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they also got rid of the guy who ended up with Arizona, right? Yeah. Fam? Fam, is mm-hmm. Fam? Tommy Fam? Fam. Right. Um, he was a pretty good player. I didn't realize how oh, good he was. was. He scared the daylights out of me every sure time did. he stepped to the pretty plate. I don't know yeah. if he's a free agent. but Evan uh, Longoria is still Longoria. in Arizona. And, you know, yeah. I remember his days down in Tampa. That's right. And so. uh, remember, something else, too, is that those Tampa Bay Rays and Rangers playoff series, they played yep. each other quite a few years uh, yep. against each other. But – when I look when I look at 2024, I see a team uh, that can repeat, uh, certainly in, be in the postseason. I, I don't um, whether they can actually get into the World Series. There's always a lot of factors in that, but I think they will be a candidate to to at least get into the postseason and maybe even play in the LCS again. I wouldn't be surprised. Getting it, I, I wouldn't be either, get into but... the World Series. That's always more complicated, you know. It is, and there's too many variables right, to get yeah. to that point. One of the variables might be down I-45. Right, well, sure. Because they're talking seriously. I'm going to throw a name at you. One of the guys that might be up for that job down in Houston is a guy named Ron Washington. Tell me how much that would be an interesting Oh, matchup. that would be cool. They're also talking about Cody Bellinger playing left field for them. Yep. I, heard, I, I read that because when we were at the wedding, there were a couple of Astros fans family sort of Astros fans and, and Cody Bellinger is a possible Ron Washington would be great. I yeah. Mean, that would be fantastic. But and, I think the matchup between Bochi and, and Washington again, right again, you know, we did it in 2010. Can we do it again? Well, Washington would bring some of the same qualities that, that Bocci brought here. Yep. You know, veteran steady kind of guy. So that would be, that would be cool. But I was also talking to some friends, uh, the, these friends from Houston, and the Astros are 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 not going to win four out of six pennants again. They're they're on the other side of that line. I think you'll see them decline uh, a little bit, but they're still very competitive, at least for a year or two. I see Seattle also being very competitive uh, for the next year. So it, the West is going to be tough for the Rangers. They may be able to win it again, or should win it again. But they're going to be very competitive. I mean, we're going to have a competitive baseball team here for quite a few years, Dave. That's my feeling. It's going to be good baseball here for the next three to five years. That I don't disagree with. Two years ago, I would have questioned that. Two years ago, I I couldn't see where we are today. Hmm. Two years ago, this team was losing 100-plus games. Last year, they lost 94. Um, And then all of a sudden, you win it all, even though only winning 90 games on the season. But, I mean, look at the turnaround that was from losing 94 to winning 90 and, and making it to the postseason, making it be all the way to the World Series, taking the World Series. So to answer that part of the, of the equation, I think they're, I think with Chris Young and Bochi at the helm, you've got the right elements in the right place for the Rangers to make a very strong running again. With – you were mentioning Seattle, California, or the LA Angels. Sorry, um, 
the Angels, they got a mess right now because there's still talk about Otani not coming back to the to the Angels, that he goes free agent. And he might test the waters and see who's got – and trust me, there are teams out there that got that got bucks. Texas is one of them. People might not believe that, but Texas got some bucks. They proved it. They went out and bought guys they needed. Simeon and 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 Seeger and Scherzer and Montgomery and you know Garver. They went out and got these guys. It was a paycheck. But then you got guys like New York and the Yankees and teams like the Dodgers. So Otani is going to be going to the highest bidder. Here's another equation for for the uh, Angels to think about. What's going to happen to Trout? Right, exactly. That's the one I was thinking about. That's the one I'd rather have, actually. Exactly. I like to have his bat in his outfield, his glove. The other one, the the other team that we're not going to worry about now is whatever they're going to call themselves, the athletics. Are they going to be in Oakland? Are they going to be in in Vegas? Are they going to be in the toilet? Take your pick. Yeah, they're they're not going to be a factor, but that's always a, a young team. Yeah, and they're always interesting. Look what they did to Houston there in September. Right, but Trout is the kind of guy that, I mean, if you're the Angels, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to have Otani. Trout would be the kind of guy that you could trade to the Rangers, for example, and pick up all, some really good everyday players. And not uh, just and, not frontliners either. They could pick up. They could pick out of the farm, right? And get some get some youth. That's right, Duran. You might even be able to trade Duran. I hate to Possibly. see him. Go, but I don't know if Duran's enough. For Trout, but I mean, Duran and 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 a few others. Include a package, I mean, that it would include Duran. Now, one last question I wanted to ask you. Jordan Montgomery, I, you know, he's a free agent, I know. But I think he likes playing here, and I think he likes playing for Bocce. I think Bocce's going to be a real magnet for attracting people here. So I'm going to bet that Montgomery stays here. That's a pretty good bet. I, I don't know if it's a safe bet, but it's a pretty good bet. I'd like to see him stay here. He he seemed to when he got here. Of course, remember he got here midseason, got here on the on the trade deadline, um, but he acclimated himself very quickly to the area. His family, every, everybody, they, they all said the same thing. They all said the right words. Everything was great around them, uh, and that's important. Remember when we got Cliff Lee midseason back in 2010? He never settled. Which is the reason why at the end of the season and, you know, after the Rangers were eliminated from the World Series from with the Giants, mm-hmm. it was, I'm going back to Philadelphia. See you. And, you know, that was the end of that. Yeah. And I remember that because you and I were working together at the time. And right. um, I remember, you know, saying to you, I think one morning, if Nolan Ryan cannot convince you to stay with the Texas because the money was, I mean, the money was going to be about the same. There's no big deal on the money. So he was going to make a lot of money no matter where he went. So if Nolan Ryan cannot convince you to, to stay here, he never wanted to be here. Exactly. Uh, and I think Montgomery is a different, a different situation. But I tell you what, we've just about out of time. But I, I want to thank you again. And I think you and I share this great moment w- with about the Rangers. And now we can... Look forward to the next big deal, and that is winning another one. I winning look forward to it. That, that would be. I will be there opening day. Yes, and uh, and enjoying that again. And I'll uh, we'll see if the feel is the same as it was uh, in April of 2023. Well, we'll I'll keep track of the Rangers. I mean, I love your Facebook notes uh, about the Rangers. They can catch you up real fast on what's happening. So keep that up because I enjoy it. 
I enjoy it. You know, when you when you bring up uh, the updates, I enjoy that. Sometimes, if I'm late uh, getting to the game uh, for whatever reason, I check your notes and I get a quick update on what's happening. Uh, with the Rangers, so I know I appreciate it. I, I'm sure other people do as well. Well, I, Dave, got, a surprise, have, I got a surprise yeah. note from my from a former yeah. English teacher. And she said, "Why weren't you this good of a writer when you were in high school?" <laughs> because you weren't writing about baseball. You I wasn't. That. That's right. You were writing about stuff you didn't care about, and now you're writing about stuff that you love. But I love what you do, and it's always a great honor. So happy Thanksgiving, Merry same Christmas. to you, my friend. Happy and New to your Year. family. Yes, and uh, we. Uh, the next 45 days, you know, we're loaded up with holidays. But after the first of the year, then we start thinking baseball again in spring. My goodness, what is it, four months and four months uh, or five then months? February. February, yeah, in middle so of February. Three months. We're three and a we half months be, out. Yeah, yeah, so it won't be long. It won't be long. No. Everybody needs a rest. Well, About these 141 guys days, if I'm counting. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's going to come real fast. It's going to come yep. real fast. And you're right about Chris Young. Chris Young is going to make some things happen. We'll see. And he's going to make some very interesting things happen. But number one on that list, if you ask my opinion, would be locking Montgomery. I think yeah. if he can get that done, I'm really pleased he did it with Haney and LeClerc. Uh, so I'm hoping that he can lock up Montgomery. And that's going to be a lot of fun next year. Dave, you have a wonderful day. And my Thank best you. to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas. Everything else. Hopefully uh, we can chat again uh after the holidays and talk oh, a little absolutely. baseball, maybe absolutely. I, I shouldn't say, we might talk if there are some interesting off season trades, I may pick you up, pick your brain again on that. Anytime, my friend. All right. Anytime. We have a great day and thank you so much for the time. Thanks for having me. And Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Our good friend, uh, Dave Michaels talking a little baseball, Ranger baseball, you know, it's, it's so much fun. I can't get enough of it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I cannot get enough of uh, talking Ranger baseball at this time uh, with the World Series and everything else. Thank you for listening. Again, bad news on the Cowboys. They lost a heartbreaker today, a real heartbreaker today. That's all I can tell you. And uh, it means they're 5-3, and three, and the Eagles are now 8-1. and one. So that's uh, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to win the East. They can still get in, of course, as a wild card, but it's going to be pretty tough to win the, win the East. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.